Very good, and we're off. Today we're going to be talking about unconditional love. Unconditional love is really realize that it's only the passion that causes something to cause someone to do. So we're coming from an unconditional love of looking at ourselves in the mirror and asking if I can have love and happiness. Phenomenal thing to ask these people. It is to look at yourself in the mirror and think of all the negative qualities that you're insecure about. They're not negative, they're just qualities that you're insecure about. For example, I love to be, I mean, I don't have to say this side, but we all know what we're insecure about physically, but emotionally, mentally, and that's what we say. I love my hysterical jokes. I don't know. I love my little energy. I love my wit. I love my I love even my insecurities. Everything is good. I love the negative experiences in my life. Everything is good. I love the drama in my life. I love the people that are difficult. And we realize the people that are difficult are the people that keep you the most. And when we realize that the qualities of men also exist in us to move forward, it's just the primordial life. Like a book, The Heart of the Shaman, Stories and Practices of the Ancient Warrior by Alberto Giorgio. He talks about intake of the way they thought. And they have the deities of the four animals, totem animals. One of them is Jaguar, the other one is the snake, the other one is the eagle, and the other one is the hummingbird. The eagle could look above 10,000 feet. The jaguar has climbed feet. The hummingbird travels miles and miles and miles in such a speed of how much he could achieve in a given direction, how far we can go. And the snake said that he can move on to greater advancement of reality as it moves forward into a new moon that just passed by, which was uh, the moon last week, where I looked in the moon and I really focused on all the things that I was insecure about and getting like this nasty old habit of thinking psychologically and really putting into my thoughts manifesting what I want to be, creating a career, the quest that I started here, being with the Adonis, cooking seven languages, I'm a big member of both here in Mexico, in Germany, Italy, Spain, France, Portugal, China, Japan, and the list is endless. Serbia, Bulgaria, Russia. It's gonna be great. And we manifest what we verbalize. Whatever's in our minds as a reality is going to manifest, which is what makes us as human beings different than other animals. Other animals are complete things. Go to the bathroom, they breathe, they don't affect you, they breathe, they speak to you, they touch you. But us as humans, we're complete things. We have the ability to create the reality we want by focusing on the things that we're trying to manifest. Good news to them. And out of my nature, right now, this is just that I can hear a little bit of frog singing. Life is a celebration. That's the metaphor that I'm using. Every metaphor that you choose, instead of saying I'm like a rock, like a frog, like a rock in a storm, in France, it's like a fire la pared, which is like a rock on fire that you can destroy. And that is a very limiting metaphor. When I hear the metaphor, I can think of Mother Teresa, who said life is a gift. I can think like, Myself, it says life is a spectacle, life is a celebration, life is a game. You have to think, you have to strategize with yourself and think two steps ahead of the game, three steps ahead. How are my words, my actions, going to affect the other person that I'm talking to? This is what makes a wise person a believer. So when we live a life of giving and of service and of someone who's coming out
getting is the purpose of life. It's about finding meaning and doing what you love and really just when you think, what do you want to do? Okay, I want to have my students here. That's why I started in school. Students all around the world. One hundred thirty people. In Pointer, actually. I'm going to take you home too. Oh, man. I really am happy and grateful for where I am right now. It's because I'm giving back to somebody. I was actually back then. Like, it was the best day of my life. I mean, I got out of the hotel room. As I was saying, Bruno Mars is a superstar. He's an inspiration. Every time I look at Just The Way You Are, uh, his performance at the Super Bowl halftime show, the first Super Bowl halftime show that he hit big, it's just an inspiration to me. I remember working in a restaurant as a server and just escaping into the back room on the little porch with some bars. <laughs> it looked like a you know, uh, alluding to a jail cell, <laughs> the gate, I would listen to Bruno Mars and there was a mic stand that they put, which is an extra stand that the mariachi band would leave in the back. And I would just sing to it and practice my moves and dream of being on TV and being in the Super Bowl halftime show and having my, my stadium tour through the world. And I was learning languages. I was at the beginning of my journey for learning languages. Although I think it's a gift that I've had. I haven't really tried it. It's just something I just, I talk, I hear people talking. It sticks to me. I just pick on it, pick up on it immediately. So it's a gift. Nevertheless, we were talking about unconditional love. And I wanted to talk about how we have to love our enemy. I pray for my enemies. I say everything is good, everything is positive. I love my enemies, I love myself, I love all my insecurities. Life is about giving back, life is about 
finding what you could do to contribute to the world. How can you make people feel better? I want to make a billion people feel better in the next five years by the time I'm 35. Well, I'm not 30. 37 years. Oh, seven. Seven is a crazy number. It is a good number. Phenomenal, spectacular, wonderful, ecstatic, blissful number. The number of the universe. 777, everybody. Check out the synchronicities. If you're aligned to the universe and you're aligned to spirit, you're going to start seeing like 3033, like 333, 444, 545, 555, and these numbers align. And then you're going to start feeling your intuition grow. Listen to your intuition, my Adonatics. It's always right. Nobody can take away your, your light. We are spirit. We are all, like in Hinduism says, Brahma divided himself. Brahma was the god of, of the spirits, god of the universe. And Brahma said he was bored because he had everything. So he said he wanted to have a wife. So he went to wife and he, and he got a wife named Maya. And he named her Maya. And Maya is the divine game. So Maya said, okay, let's play a game, but I put the rules and you do whatever I say. Brahma's like, okay. So Maya cut him up into many little pieces with the scissors and put him on earth. And Brahma, all the pieces of Brahma are us. We are the different little entities in the infinite ocean of love and light that exist in the universe, in the cosmos. So patterns, the patterns of our thoughts manifest our reality. Everybody in the world is your brother and sister. We are all connected through spirit. Therefore, I don't judge anybody. I accept everybody. I accept myself. I approve of myself and I accept all my insecurities and the negative things about myself that I don't like. I love myself. I can't exhort and implore, implore? Yeah, I can't implore and exhort and reiterate how powerful self-love is because love is is the most powerful force in the world in the universe in the cosmos so if you love yourself therefore if you love yourself you can love the world loving yourself is half of it then loving the world is the other half and in you in relationships it's very interesting how you look at the relationship from a place of independence and when you love yourself unconditionally, you don't need anybody to feel complete or anybody to make you feel love or happy. You simply enjoy your own company. And I've real, I realize that I'm never going to find the girl with all the romanticness, uh, the romantic qualities that I'm, that I'm looking for. I just, I've decided to stop looking for her. I mean, when you're in a relationship, it's like you... It's a cacophony of arguments and mirrors that are up to yourself and you're seeing the, it's an exposure of all the negative qualities that you, about who you are and the person is just getting all this bestiality out of you. Not bestiality, that's, that's a bad word. Not bad, but it, it's a different connotation to what I mean. Negative. It's the beastness, <laughs> I can't find the word, the quality of, the animal-like qualities that we have are just unleashed when we get into a relationship. That's why it's so much conflict and so difficult. But if we find a way to love ourselves and to come into the relationship as the right partner by being independent and feeling complete by loving unconditionally who we are and being okay with enjoying our own company, that's when you become the right partner and you could come to a relationship and give love. Because as Domi Garui says, the Toltec wisdom of the book the mastery of love he talks about how everything we do as human beings for our body gives us pleasure breathing going to the bathroom reproducing eating everything our bodies are our temple our mind is our temple our heart is our temple if we vibrate from the heart instead of from the mind we'll be able to connect to the primordial light of the cosmos and the universe So I love you all. Thank you for tuning in to The Adon Show. And love yourself, guys. Be your best that you could be. Enjoy life. Uh, as Tony Robbins would say in the Awaken the Giant Within book, Bible, the Awaken the Giant Within Bible, he says, we as human beings, the most important emotion and experience that we long for is to connect with other humans. 
So coming from this place of Incan shamanic wisdom of being independent and not needing anybody to be happy or create happy by just enjoying our own company, now we realize that we can apply this self-love and love others with the same intention that we give to our hearts and to give to ourselves. So, as I would normally say it, thank you for tuning in to the Bim 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 The Adan Show. Adan Show. Bim 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 The Adan Show. Adan Show. Bim 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 The Adan Show. Thank you. Stay classy. Love you all, my Adan Dicks. Bye bye. Hello, ladies and gents. We're back to the Adon show after a long, long time. As you can see, I'm speaking like this because I just got back from London from the Miss World Competition 2019. And it's just New Year's Eve today. It's already 5.22 a.m. in Puerto Rico. And we are recording the Adon show because I just decided to get inspired. Or it just came from the heavens. So let's get to it. Nature versus nurture, the ongoing debate and argument in psychology and philosophy to this day. It's been thousands of years, and it's been going on. And uh, I'm not going to say that I have an answer, because as Eric Fromm says it in The Authentic Life, we are not, it is not in the answers, my friends. It is in the questions, but let's get to it. Uh, okay, so... I'm trying to think. I've thought a little bit. What defines who a person is? What defines who a person is? I realized that there were four characteristics based on my set of values and beliefs. The first one is astrology. Zodiac. Not only what is your birth sign, but what are the signs of the and the planet and the planetary alignments on each one of your zodiac signs and the houses and everything according to the time you were born where you were born that's astrology number two numerology in numerology they take your name to create uh one of the numbers it could be the life number I'm not sure and then they make the soul number, and then the and then the fate number, soul urge number. There's different kinds of numbers depending on your name and your birthday. And they'll add up the numbers, and they'll come up with a number for each kind. And each of these numbers gives a description of faculties, character traits, personality traits, and characteristics. And um, so that greatly defines also what your character and temperament will be like. The third one, how your upbringing is. And this emotional treatment, this emotional and spiritual impact in defining who you are starts from the second you're conceived. What kind of emotions was your mother going through? What kind of vibes was going on? Um, just the energy. What was your mom feeling? Everything. So you're born and you are integrated into society this, this is the tricky part. This is, I feel, what greatly defines someone's behavior. Societal norms, cultures, morals, values, customs of that part of the world. What are you grown up with? What is normal? Is it normal to do certain things in my country? I mean... Let's say in China they eat certain cuisine that they don't eat in the West. So we go over to China and we're like, okay, that's not what I'm accustomed to eating. And it's just whatever's normal in quotation marks. 
is relative to the culture, society, and the geographical location. Now, the fourth is reincarnation. So let's just say that we have a soul. We have many, many lifetimes and in this lifetime we come to learn a specific set of lessons. We choose our parents. We choose the people we're going to interact with. And we choose even the suffering that we go through to be able to clean a karma of past life experiences where we did bad things. That could be a defining uh, factor in how you are in your temperament, especially what you experience. Now, let's just wild card it and let's say that that didn't exist. Let's say that karma doesn't exist and let's say that reincarnation doesn't exist and let's say as the Toltecs would believe that you are not your soul. So if you're not your soul, what are you? You are a force. Don Miguel Ruiz says this in a phenomenal book that I implore all of you to read called The Mastery of Love. And yeah, it's really fascinating. <sighs> and what if reincarnation didn't exist? Let's just say it doesn't exist. You come here to this world, suddenly everything's chance. Everything is good luck. You are born into this, I'm born into this blessed family in the West, in Latin America. I lived in various places. Perfect parents, blessed life with trips and culture and museums and different music and different food and different folklore and just you know, completely enriched by this lovely milieu of gorgeous, gorgeous experiences in different societies. And if reincarnation didn't exist, I could say, okay, well, if reincarnation doesn't exist and I didn't do good things in my past life to earn all of this, is this luck? Is this chance? Well, that gives me a big reason to be grateful. Yeah, it does. Now, you know, I want to know, when you think about, hold on, I'm going to get my train of thought. Is human nature good or bad? That's a good question. Is human nature good or bad? Let's just take it from both sides of the story. Okay, let's say human nature is bad. That means... <laughs> that means that we come into this world Okay, I just say I just say the I just said the four reasons that define human temperament and human personality. Okay, so instead of a, two questions, let's just Let's just be smart and base ourselves off of something secure and certain from what I believe. And I learned this from Eric Fromm and I agree with him. So what he says and what I believe is that human nature, as I said before, is based on societal norms and customs and it changes from different countries in different geographical locations. And the other one is that us as animals, we have the conscience to be aware of our identities. 
With that being said, I believe that human nature is bad. I genuinely believe human nature is bad. Because look at what's going on in the world. Wars, strife, uncertainty, danger, starvation. Jordan Peterson says it. I think it's a miracle that we're not already in a third world war. With all the weapons different countries have. One press of a button, this world could be kaboot. You know, I think that there are forces of good and there are metaphysical reasons and paranormal reasons, the things we can't explain, UFOs, you know? There's an energy that goes on in the world that, you know, I really, really think, even though we are somewhat very, very defined by so many factors that are nurture, that are things we can't control, which is the four reasons that I said at the very beginning that define character and temperament, I think that we, we can't, we can't explain this energy, this metaphysical unexplainable force that drives things. I mean, I honestly think that we have willpower, but very little willpower. There's so many instincts that are ingrained in us by nature. The little willpower that we have It's the willpower to be able to educate ourselves, change the way we think, change the way we feel. I mean, there are numerous, countless examples of people that came out of poverty, third world countries, strife, and rose above and educated themselves and became super successful and just inspirational success stories of heroes. It's possible, but it's not common. On the other hand, us, us that are born in first world countries or any country where we could get a solid education, we, uh, have our meals covered, we have a house, we have clothing, shelter. We have the opportunity to learn, to educate ourselves, to read, to grow, to make the reality that we want. Am I saying that having more material accumulation gives you more health or more wealth or health, yeah, but more happiness? No, but if that's the life that you want, so be it. More power to you. We're blessed. If that's the one we, the, 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 the life we want, that's awesome. And we can attain it because we're blessed. Or lucky. <sighs> I mean, so many people don't have that much. So many people don't have that much. And I think they're so accustomed to their lifestyle they really don't know any better it's a vast simplification and generalization to just say that people that have less are happier that's not true some people that have less are happier some people that have more are happier some people that have less are unhappy some people that have more are unhappy it's all in your mindset some people have incredible amounts of education and diplomas and wealth and money and private planes and everything, but they sometimes can't seem to have enough. And they're always seeking for more. They're never satisfied. And as the Tao Te Ching says, Lao Tzu, contemporary Confucius, 
most likely an ar most likely an archive keeper in Chu. He said that uh, in his marvelous book, one of his verses, he says, "The master is one who has true wealth, in the sense that he knows he has enough." So he who knows he has enough has true wealth. That is a true master. Yeah, so then... Let's say that there's people from a small village that have been exposed to Western civilization or civilization with technology. And they're like, you know, I have enough back in my village. I don't need all of this. And they go back to their village and they're happy. Or you have the rich socialites, aristocrats, bourgeoisie, son of privileged billionaires, that say, you know, I'm going to be a Buddhist monk, and I'm going to live an austere life. And they're okay with it. Are they okay with it because they had it all? Or are they okay with it because deep down, they... don't need that much to be happy maybe both it all depends on the person you have to sit down and really evaluate the truth and the sincerity of what they're saying free will Whew. now that I was saying that there's this energy there's this energy that we can't control right this force of nature I mean when it's your turn it's your turn when it's time it's time sometimes no matter how much you try and try and try and use your free will it just doesn't work and then one day it just breaks through somehow the stars aligned circumstances aligned the clockwork worked the whole entire team was aligned and it just worked so that aligning for everything to work is god is the universe is the world is the Tao is the nothing, as the Kibalion would say in the Greek and Hermetic Roman philosophy. You know? But, man, when that moment aligns, you better have been working for years and years and years perfecting your craft and becoming the best version of yourself that you can be. So that when that moment comes, you perform and you shine, you break open that door, you keep that door open and you make it work for yourself. James Dean said, everybody gets their chance to shine. Oh no, Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando said, everybody gets their chance to shine. Your time will come. So to all those Hollywood actors out there that are struggling being waiters, your time will come. Perfect yourself at your craft. If you are brilliant and remarkable at what you do, your time will come. Just be really good. This goes for all careers. Although the artistic career is a little more unpredictable and it's got swerves and curves and ups and downs. And, you know, one day you have a bunch of money and then the other day you don't have a job. You're, you're looking for another role. Needless to say that you have to, if you decide to, if you decide to be part of the elitist upper echelon bourgeoisie, you're going to have to live up to a lifestyle that sometimes you won't be able to afford. But I was blessed. And I'll do it for my kids to give them everything that I have so that they have the best clothing, best trips, best school, best education. You know, do what you love. Do what you love. Music, man. I mean, take like a normal career, right? Like, you go to college, four years, eight years, get your master's, get your doctor's, whatever you decide to get. And you get out of college, you go straight into uh, your job. And they pay you the money. Of course, you're going to have to work many, many years if you want to charge more money throughout time. But you have a job. 
And I believe this is why a big conglomerate of the people in the world admire deep down and idolatrize artists. Other than the fact that they're just astonishing and astounding and just jaw-dropping and captivating with their music and their dance and their acting, or they're (laughs) good-looking, but I don't think they'll last that long. I really think that that's why a large conglomerate of the people in the world really admire actors and singers and dancers and artists and painters is because we're doing what we love. We're doing our passion. And we're going through really, really tough times. Face starvation, you know, not having money, living on austere conditions, not wanting to, okay? To follow our dream. It's different. It's different when you've... It's great. I mean, it's marvelous to follow your dream also. And I'm not taking away credibility. To get a college degree is difficult. It's it's hard, hard work. Even if you're born with a predisposition to higher IQ or intellectual abilities, which is going to help you in test taking, but... Still, it takes dedication and discipline to get to be good at your craft. And another thing is also, if you have artistic temperament and if you're born with a musical ear and a predisposition to being able to, you know, paint good or act good, being born with comedic talent, talent's talent. Athletes, talent's talent. Some have intellectual um, musical intelligence, physical intelligence, dancers have physical intelligence, the sportsmen have physical intelligence. <laughs> That's why they do the happy dance after they make a touchdown or a three point win at the fourth quarter. They're good at dancing. <laughs> no jokes aside. Yeah, I think you're definitely born with talent. You can develop it. But you're never going to be at the level of a talented person that developed their talent and took it to the next level. Many, many years, but you're born with it. So you just add this to the milieu. Imagine you're born with talent, you develop your talent, and you're surrounded in an environment where your parents were also part of that business? Bro. Superstardom it is. And I'll leave you guys with that. Thank you for tuning into the Adon Show. I love you all. It's great to be back on the wagon. Back on the crazy train. Doing what I love. Sharing my personal viewpoints on philosophy, psychology, motivation, and spirituality. I hope you found this episode insightful. I love you all. My Adonatics, thank you for tuning in. And check out my lives on Instagram and Facebook. I love you all. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Adon Show. 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 Thank you all. I love you. Stay classy. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Adon Show podcast. I hope you've had a lovely week. And let's do it. And to our uh, theme song. One, two. A one, two, three, four. The Adon Show. Adon Show. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Don Show. And today we're going to talk about something that I am going to title this episode, and we're going to name it Have Faith in the Way Things Are. So let's kick it off. I believe that 
music, dance, painting, watching comedies, movies, romance movies, dramas. They really hit a fiber in you and they can heal you. The archetypes are behaviors that are ingrained into our subconscious mind from millions of years that when we see an archetype, we automatically on a spiritual level identify it and identify with it and it resonates strongly within us which we could see it in many many Hollywood movies you have the archetype the the shaman the wise one the hero the hero's journey Joseph Campbell talks about the hero's journey Archetypes originally started with Carl Jung, the neophyte of psychoanalyst Freud. Freud invented psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis. <laughs> Jung was a student of Freud, and they had a major fallout. And one of the things that they disagreed mostly on was the fact that Freud didn't believe in religion and Jung did believe in religion. And you could see in the Red Book and many, many things and publications and books that Carl Jung... Hello, I'm doing my podcast. Oh, saludos. So many, many of the books that Carl... That was my dad. Many of the publications and books that Carl Jung created showed that he had a great knowledge about alchemy, the mystical aspects of reality, of the subconscious, of the mind. And Jordan Peterson talks a lot about the archetypes. He'll talk about how they relate to movies. Especially, he points out Disney movies, he points out Harry Potter, he points out Sleeping Beauty. So, talking about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. There's always a dark night of the soul for the hero. And after the dark night of the soul, bam, he goes back and he makes his comeback. And he beats the dragon. So you leave your home, which is a beautiful, safe, innocent place. And you leave your home to go on your journey where you face your fears and you face what you are most avoiding. And, and Jordan Peterson says that the way for us I don't know, I'm paraphrasing him, I'm not quoting him. The way for us to feel enlightened or, or win the journey of the hero is to look where we least want to. What, we're, what we want to find is where we least want to look for. What we want to find is where we least want to look for it. But anyways, continuing. I believe drinking is okay. Socially, the physical pleasures are fine. I have I have a somewhat of an epicurean philosophical view on pleasure. I think that there is a way to find enlightenment through the physical pleasures. I mean, we have a body. God is moving through our body through through sex, through eating, through drinking, through every sensation, through listening, hearing, tasting, smelling. God is flowing through our body and we are experiencing God through that through our senses we we have an opportunity to be able to live our lives we are not souls some people say we're souls living in a material world but we're not souls we're a force 
We are our higher self. We don't have a higher self. We are our higher self. Now, the... The sexuality, which Freud talked a lot about, is something that I feel that we find God through sex. It's that creative power. We, the strongest force in the universe is the sexual force. When you look at a woman, or when a, if you're a woman, when you look at a man, it's like this magnetism. It's like you're drawn to the person. It's like sexual magnetic attraction. And you can't fight that. So there's nothing wrong with sex. There's nothing wrong with having sex before you're married either. Now, the Tao Te Ching talks about when the master doesn't compete or compare. Therefore, the world respects him. And I agree with that. Trust in the Tao. You are protected. You are nurtured. You are healed. I'm paraphrasing again. The Tao guides you. The angels guide you. Your higher self. God guides you. Your intuition guides you. Just because you hear a voice in your head doesn't mean you're schizotypal or schizophrenic like many scientific uh, theories say. I mean, obviously, I know that like if you're super schizophrenic, you're going to hear voices and you're going to be showing these kinds of symptoms. Suicidal thoughts, hearing many voices, saying things that don't make sense, uh, incoherent sentences, inability to concentrate, no memory. All these things. Schizophrenia exists, and it must be medicated. But the aspect of hearing a voice in your head, I have my doubts. There are spiritually gifted mediums and psychics and mystics and healers that hear angels from the other realms guiding them. Sometimes these beings from other realms, as David and Domingo Ruiz says, are, you know, not all of them are right, not all of them are good. And there are energies and voices and beings from other realms that you could perceive and hear. And you shouldn't believe everything that comes out in your mind, that uh, comes up in your mind. Back to the Tao Te Ching. One of the affirmations that I've... You know, I've been learning a lot of affirmations through cognitive behavioral therapy. And I believe that the affirmations are so powerful in really retraining the subconscious mind. The bottom of the iceberg. Because the mind is like an iceberg. At the tip of the iceberg, it's conscious. But under the water, it's most of the iceberg. And that's where the subconscious mind is. It's a metaphor. So you have to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat consciously until you change that chip in your mind, in your subconscious mind. You know, and these affirmations, some good affirmations that I learned. The first spiritual book that I learned was Infinite Power for Richer Living. It's this old, old, old book. The pages were even falling off. It's probably from the 50s. I don't know. My dad gave it to me. And he says, he says, like some of the, some of the affirmations that I most love are, lead me into thee, thou who are the essence of my being. The infinite power indwelling within me guides me. I can, I shall, I will. I decree infinite wisdom. I exalt God in the midst of him. I exalt God in the midst of her. I exalt God in the midst of me. Lead me into thee. Into the in, lead me into the infinite... In, lead me into the infinite intelligence indwelling within me. Tao Te Ching says, The master is a light to the world. I want to be a light to the universe. I want to be a light to all nations. Have faith in the way things are. He who defines himself. So, he who doesn't define himself. Okay, 
he who doesn't know who he is. Okay, 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 I got this. I got this. I got this. When the master doesn't know who he is, everybody sees themselves in him. Don't judge. People that are judgmental haven't made an effort to better themselves. Joke around, have fun. Don't take yourself so seriously. Awaken the Giant Within from Tony Robbins taught me. It was towards the ending of the book, he says, you'll never regret being goofy, being silly, being weird, being stupid, being yourself when you get older, when you're on your deathbed. When my parents are on my death on their deathbed or when my grandparents are on their deathbed or anybody that I love, I if they die, I I know that I spent all my energy and time loving them and caring about them and spending time with them. So I'm I'm, I'm at peace with the fact that people in my life are going to die. I really make an effort. I'm a social guy. I love people. There's no absolute truth. Everybody has their own truth. You don't need to be right and make others wrong. The Four Agreements taught me that from Dominique Ruiz, the Toltec Wisdom. You don't need anyone to feel love. Love yourself. Accept yourself. Approve of yourself. Admire yourself. Look at your insecurities and say, I'm perfect. Admire yourself with a cheeky grin and just look at yourself in the mirror and laugh at the insecurities you have. With a sense of humor, you don't things, take things so seriously. With a sense of humor, you could be, I could be talking to a girl at a bar and a guy just like... <laughs> could pick a fight with me and I'm like, I'm in such a good mood and I'm so happy. And I'm already ingrained with this sort of like subconscious attitude towards life where I'm just taking it easy and nothing really bothers me. I just look at everything with humor. So I'm not going to laugh at the guy that's picking a fight with me, but I'm so easygoing and lighthearted that like I'm, I'm already with this positivity that doesn't really get affected. And it is humor that I have that I look at situations not, you know, I find the funny things in life and I'm always smiling. So that's cool. So accept yourself. Love yourself. Have faith in the way things are. You don't need to change anybody. Let everybody be. Don't control anybody. Let them do whatever they want. The world is so out of our control. We, we just have to pray for the best, work our best, visualize and manifest our dreams, do what we love, and find meaning. We find meaning in having a goal in the future, a real goal that makes us happy. Do what makes you happy. If there are beliefs from whatever philosophy of life that you're taking, theosophical path, if there's anything of those that belief system that doesn't work for you, don't take it. Do what you love. Take what you love. Be happy. We're here to be happy, my Adonatics. We're here to be happy. We're here to do what we love. And if you're vibrating on love, everything that you're going to do is moral. Make sense. Be a good person. Relieve suffering in the world. You know? I was thinking, let's say karma and heaven and hell doesn't exist. Theoretically. And I guess the person... The average person that's not the most moral person is going to say, oh, okay, then I could uh, 
do whatever I want because no, I'm not going to get punished in the afterlife. And I'm going to have no uh, consequences with karma. But you know what you do lose? You lose the love of other people. You lose the zest for life. You lose the light. You become opaque. You become self-absorbed. You detach yourself. You become numb of your feelings. When you're, when you're doing good actions and good deeds and you're helping people and you're empowering people and you're encouraging people, you're full inside. You get that tingling sensation in your chest and you know that you're on the right path. You're relieving suffering in the world. So people could shoot out the poison to you of negativity. They could criticize you. They could judge you. But nothing they do is personal. And four agreements. Don't take anything personal. Have the courage to ask questions. Don't assume. Don't talk bad about yourself or others. Be impeccable with your word. And always do your best. I'm always doing my best. I'm sur- I have to surrender the things that I can't control. Especially my insecurities. I mean, especially the things I can't change about myself. I have to accept myself. But I can change the way I feel about myself. I'm perfect. You're perfect. We're all perfect. We're divine expressions of God, of the Tao. So if someone shoots out poison at you, it's not because of you. And don't accept the negativity in your mind. Don't agree and don't believe and don't accept. You block it. You don't block it. You just redirect it. And it ends up going back to the person, to the sender. In the end, if you do something bad, it's just going to rebound. I mean, I value a lot, you know, the love I receive from other people, even though I don't need it to feel love for myself. But the gratification, the satisfaction of, you know, treating others kindly and helping others, the gratitude that they, they give to you is just... Invaluable. It's, ma- it's magical. It's special. Now, prayer works. Prayer really works. Having higher entities and angels and opening yourself up to the guidance and really trusting in the universe and the Tao and something higher than yourself to be in control of everything and understand that everything that happens in your life is at its own timing. Your dreams, your goals, they're all going to come true at the right time. Sometimes you think that you're ready, but you're really not ready. When you're truly prepared, that's when the magic happens and things start manifesting towards your biggest goals and desires. That's important to challenge beliefs, challenge beliefs of other people before accepting them as your own. Look at The world with critical analysis. Every single book you read, in your mind say, oh, I agree with that. I don't believe with that. I don't agree with that. I don't see eye to eye with that. Nobody's wrong. You just don't agree with it. But the whole point is to find your own religion, to find your own spirituality, philosophy, way of thinking, beliefs that works for you. Maybe a certain way of thinking might work for someone else depending on their astrological alignments, their childhood, their desires their sexual orientation, their biology, their chemistry, their gender, their age, their path, their passion, their abilities. All of this affects, these are all things that affect what works for that person. So I can say that there's no absolute truth. Think critically. Now, I said before, just be yourself, be goofy, be silly, be authentic. The biggest reflection, the biggest, the biggest way someone can perceive that you are confident and secure of yourself is if you are authentic and if you are yourself from the very beginning. If you're goofy, if you're f- funny, if you're weird just embrace it just embrace it in the i think it was a 48 rules for power 
The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. One of the chapters talks about how you should save your weird side for somebody, for the people that appreciate it. Yeah, I get it. There are many people that don't appreciate it and don't agree with it or don't value it. But what about these YouTubers and these Instagram stars and these Facebookers and these artists that are using the platforms to be goofy and silly and being weird and, you know, playing pranks and, you know, being funny. Just, I mean, they don't care about anybody accepting them. I think it's more of a feat of fearlessness when you are yourself to the world and nobody cares. You know, if you wave your flag of weirdness, I think that's the only way for your weird tribe to flock to you. And you're never going to regret it. Treat everybody with respect. Don't judge them. You don't know what their story is. You don't know who they'll become. Help people that are going through a tough time. Help people that have less than you. Encourage them. Believe in them. Dao De Jing says, if you trust people, they will become trustworthy. Have faith in the way things are. And when someone's dream comes dreams come true, when someone's dream comes true, they'll remember you. Encourage people in the need of validation, approval, and love. Give them love. Give them praise. I know that sometimes the artist seduction from Robert Greene, he says that people that are susceptible to praise are easy prey, appeal to the vanity. But in, in Gary Chapman's book, The Five Languages of Life, The Five Love Languages, there is one of the languages that says words of approbation, words, words of approval. And it makes sense that there are people that could feel love by ways of approval, by words of approval. And also... Um, Affection, physical affection, and also acts of service, gift-giving, quality time. These are the five. And I, I exhort and implore you guys to take your love language test online. It'd be very insightful. So you can't make others happy. Don't tamper with the world. The world is sacred. If you tamper with it, you're going to spoil it. Have faith in the way things are. If you don't force a project to completion, no, if you force a project to completion, you ruin what was almost ripe. Lao Tzu, Dao De Jing. Have faith in the way things are. <laughs> and then you walk away. <laughs> from the master in the Tibetan temple in the Himalayas and go back down the stairs with your backpack back toward the Himalayan mountains. And now it's time to go to South America to the Andes to Machu Picchu with the shamans. Uh, that's the book I'm reading right now, The Way of the Shaman. Albert Villoldo. Well, I'm reading it for the second time. And what he says is, we have ifs and thens. If I get the car, then I'll be happy. If I find my soulmate, then I'll love myself. If I make a lot of money, then I'll be successful. There's got, and it's not, it's not that way. It doesn't work like that. You have to be unconditionally loving yourself. I love myself no matter what. I'm happy no matter what. I'm grateful no matter what. I'm blessed no matter what. And I'm peaceful no matter what. Have faith in the way things are. Amen.
Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to The Adon Show. I love you all, and stay tuned for lots more things. Follow me on Instagram at arroba, at Adon Allende, A-D-A-N-L-L-A-L-L-E-N-D-E. I'm like that on every single platform. I love you all, and stay tuned for more music, because my singing career is very fun. <laughs> It's really fun. I'm enjoying it very much. Anyways, I love you all, and thank you for tuning in to the Adan Show. Adan Show. Thank you, my Adonatics. Stay classy. Bye bye.